Well, Merry Christmas. So nice to be here today and sharing this time with you. Those of you that are online, welcome wherever you are. And that's amazing, uh, this Freedom Church family, isn't it? They actually will care for every need they can and providing coffee for the, those who are deprived of their caffeine to this point. And, oh, it's amazing. All the little details. Thank you, staff, for all that you do for us throughout the year. Don't we have an amazing staff here? Just wonderful. God bless you. All the things that they do that we don't even think about or concern ourselves with, and they care uh, to care enough. And so thank you. We have a, such a quality group. May you be blessed. The Bible says that if you confess Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are saved. Think about that. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So how do we get to this point? How do we get here? How did we become so fortunate that we could do that to gain forgiveness of sin and eternal life. This morning I want to talk about Joseph. And on our Christmas tree today, we've been going through the Advent season, all the things. I'm so thankful I didn't have to try to put one of these letters up. I saw, did you see how nervous they were earlier putting those things up? And there's already a J there. Of course, the whole thing is about Jesus. But last night, Pastor Tracy talked in our uh, Christmas Eve service about Jacob. And you'll see him mentioned again today. But I'm going to talk to you about another J. It's almost like our board here at Freedom, isn't it? All the J's on our board. It's an amazing thing. That's an in-house joke. If you're not part of our church, you won't get it. Forgive me. But J is for Joseph. And this is what the scriptures tell us in Matthew chapter 1 beginning at verse 1, and uh, the scriptures will be on the screen for you this morning, and you have your other applications, and if you um, can follow along, that would be great. There's also a Bible, a hard copy in the pew that you can read as well. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And I'm going to go down now to verse 16. And Jacob, the father of Joseph. The husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Who is Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus? Pastor Tracy mentioned last night that Joseph is the son of Jacob. And I find it interesting that in the Old Testament, there's also a Joseph who's very famous, it takes up a lot of the last portion of the book of Genesis. And his father was also Jacob. Isn't that interesting? I thought I'd throw a little trivia in for you this morning, on this Christmas morning. Joseph is part of Jesus' family tree that we've been talking about during this season. He is the husband of Mary. It's amazing how he's referred to as the husband of Mary. 
versus the father of Jesus in Jesus' tree, family tree. Because he's not the biological father of Jesus, obviously, but he is the legal father through the line of David. We would probably call Joseph Jesus' stepfather today. That would be uh, appropriate. We do know that in Jesus' adult years, later on, he was referred to as Joseph's son, the carpenter's son. Let's look at the whole passage in Matthew chapter 1, beginning to read at verse 18, and we're going to focus in on Joseph's part in this Christmas story. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. And he gave him the name Jesus. We see that during this time, Israel lived under the domain of the Roman Empire. They had been conquered like many other nations in the world. And Rome was very strong at the time, large. And on this occasion, uh, Caesar Augustus, the leader uh, of the Roman Empire, issued a decree for a census to be taken of the entire Roman Empire to see how many citizens there actually were living there. And Israel being a part, Joseph took Mary, his wife, to Bethlehem to be registered as belonging to the house and line of David in Israel. You'll read about that in Luke chapter 2, the first five verses. And it was in, the, in Bethlehem, which is also called the city of David, that Mary gave birth to Jesus. Now, if you read through the accounts in the New Testament, you do not find much in the Bible about Joseph. You do catch a few glimpses into his spirituality and character. We, we have a real sense that he was a quiet, faithful, diligent person that anyone could look up to. He was just that kind of a guy that was solid, and he was there, and he was present. We read here in this passage in verse 19 that he was faithful to the law, which means that Joseph was a righteous man. He was right with God because... He kept the law. He obeyed the law to the best of his ability. He cared about pleasing God 
And that included the written law and the religious customs that the Jews had set forward that uh, people who love God would do. So you see his faithfulness to follow the practices of righteousness. We also see a story in Luke chapter 2 when he took Mary to Jerusalem with Jesus, when Jesus was older and uh, ready to uh, be dedicated at the temple. This was 40 days after Jesus was born. And so they made the trek uh, to Jerusalem according to the requirements of the law of Moses. And we also know that Joseph took his family every year back to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover, which was a great feast that all the Jews uh, would make preparations for and gather together every year, remembering the time that their nation had been delivered from Egypt. We also find that Joseph knew and accepted that God communicated to people supernaturally through dreams, visions, and angels. And we see this recorded in the passage that we've just read today, that an angel visited Joseph in a dream. And Joseph believed in this so much that this was God speaking to him, that he obeyed the commands given to him through the angel of the Lord regarding how he should respond to Mary's pregnancy. He also later obeyed, if you read in, in chapter 2 uh, of Matthew, where an angel told him to take his family to escape from Herod and then return to his homeland after Herod's death. He was aware of the presence of God. He was aware that God spoke and communicated. And so Joseph was a righteous man, a fitting candidate to be Jesus' earthly father or stepfather. Also something that you may or may not know that's interesting, not one word spoken by Joseph is recorded in Scripture. Never hear Joseph say one word. He's not mentioned in any of the gospel accounts of Jesus' ministry, while Mary, Jesus' mother, was mentioned a number of times. There's only speculation that uh, when uh, Jesus, when Joseph actually died, but he is not recorded as being present at Jesus' crucifixion as Mary, Jesus' mother, was. Remember when Jesus looked down from the cross and entrusted uh, Mary, his mother, to John, the beloved, the apostle. But you know what I like about Joseph? I really like him. He's relatable. He's relatable for all of us. He plays his part in God's plan in relative obscurity like most of us do. And you would miss Joseph if he wasn't there. It's that kind of thing. Like if Joseph wasn't in this story, he would be missed. But he was there. He was present. He was available. It's also amazing to me how Joseph accepted Jesus as his own son. This was quite a thing for him. Remember, this is how the birth of Jesus as Messiah came about. Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, before they had relations, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. 
Marriage in the first century Jewish culture is very different than it is today in ours. Being pledged to be married to someone was very sacred and it was binding. It was like a, a, a commitment for life. And so Joseph's response to Mary's pregnancy is remarkable. He, remember, he was a righteous man and he was also just and gracious, as we see. Because on one hand, he was committed to obeying God, but he was also now committed to loving his wife Mary. And so that's why it says that because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So he had grounds, according to the law, to divorce Mary. And he was going to do that very quietly. So as to not bring undue attention upon her, we see in that he was gracious and good and kind. He did not want Mary to be exposed to public disgrace as an adulterer. So he decided to end the pledge of marriage quietly, which was a legal thing for him to do when done in the presence of two witnesses. And it was after Joseph thought this through that an angel appeared to him in a dream. And Joseph listened to the special message from God, and he altered his plan. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of God, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. So the Lord intervened for Joseph, son of David. He sent a heavenly messenger who appeared to him in a dream during his sleep. And I believe in the New Testament, it teaches us that even today, God still speaks to us supernaturally. He speaks to us through dreams and visions. He speaks to us in our spirit if we're listening. When we choose to live a righteous life, Acts chapter 2 tells us of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that changed everything for every believer to now be able to be led by God in special ways. The angel of the Lord, notice, called him Joseph, son of David, reminding him that he was part of the royal family, the royal line down through King David. And the angel's first directive was common during special vegeta- uh, visitations as you would read throughout the Bible. Do not be afraid. Those are the first words. Do not be afraid. And there were lots of reasons why Joseph could be afraid. He'd be afraid of an angel, wouldn't you? Maybe talking to an angel, seeing an angel, being startled, and pulling back from that. What can this mean? In our humanness, we might be afraid. But there was also fear for Joseph of what was ahead for him and what was ahead for Mary. What was he going to have to face? What was she going to have to face? How would people react? What was going to happen? And so the angel said, under the direction of God, do not be afraid to take Mary home to be your wife. Because what is conceived in her is not of your doing. It's by 
the Holy Spirit. God performed a miracle in Mary that is humanly impossible, friends. It is not possible any other way. The su this supernatural conception has happened only one time in all of history. Jesus, born of a virgin Mary. One of the cornerstones of our faith, what we believe in to be true testifying to who Jesus is. Joseph was also given instructions about naming Mary's newborn son. You are to give him the name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus is the Greek form of the Hebrew name Joshua. When you read the name Joshua in the Old Testament, that was the Hebrew word. And in the New Testament, we are talking about a Greek culture the Greek language, and the name Jesus is that form of Joshua, which means the Lord saves. The Lord saves. When you speak the name of Jesus, we've been singing about the name of Jesus. We talk about the name of Jesus. Every time you do, you highlight the one who is the Savior, the one who saved the world, Jesus. That's why his name is so powerful. It's so magnificent. And through all of this, Old Testament prophecy is fulfilled. It says in Matthew 1, 22 and 23, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And truly, God was with us in the form of the Son of God. The prophet Isaiah had spoken and written these words about the virgin birth hundreds of years previously. You'll find that in Isaiah 7 and verse 14. And Isaiah the prophet was speaking about this as a message of hope to Judah who were going through their own times and issues. And they were looking ahead for some hope. And the virgin birth has become one of the bedrock beliefs for the Christian faith, it is one of a kind evidence that Jesus is the Messiah. And the meaning of Emmanuel is even spelled out for us in this verse. It means God with us. It's, it's referring to what we call the incarnation. Incarnation means God in flesh. God became flesh. He didn't become less God, but he took on the form of a human being. In perfect union. And even today, Jesus is still ever present. God with us through the Holy Spirit who is with us. Now, here's been my experience. I'm an old codger. And I've been down the road. How many say amen to that? Amen to that. How many say, oh, pastor, you're not that old. How many will say that? I don't hear that nearly as much. I have to kind of draw that out from people anymore. They used to say that uh, a lot back in the day, and nobody says, and when I go into a store, and they don't even ask, you know, I don't even have to tell them I'm a senior anymore. They just give me the discount. Isn't that wonderful? That's what they do for me. They give me the discount right off. They know. So I've been around. I've got some miles on me, and I know what it means to walk with the Spirit and how the Holy Spirit operates in our lives. And I've had God speak to me through dreams. But here's what I know. 
When God speaks to you in a dream, you remember it. Most of the dreams I have, I don't remember. I couldn't tell you what I dreamt about last night. It was entertaining at the time. I'm sure it was. But I don't know what it was. I can't tell you. But when God speaks to you in a dream, when it's a supernatural visitation, it has something to do for you to give you direction. You remember it. It's clear. And Joseph knew that the angel had been sent by God, and he believed everything he had been told. And so he immediately took Mary as his wife without reservation. He was a godly man who respected the sanctity of the situation. And the scriptures tell us that he did not have sexual relations with Mary until after Jesus was born. He honored this miraculous act of God and preserved the veracity of Jesus being conceived by the Holy Spirit and not any man. The Bible tells us that Joseph and Mary did have other children afterwards. The brothers of Jesus, for example, who did not believe him at first. You'll read about that in John in chapter 7. Jesus was the first, the firstborn. And Jesus gave, or Joseph gave Mary's firstborn son the name Jesus as he had been instructed by the angel. Why Jesus? Remember, because Jesus would come to earth taking on human form to provide the means of salvation from sin for the Jews first and then for all who believe. Well, there you are, Joseph. Joseph, the son of Jacob, played his part in the redemptive plan with faith, love, and integrity. He's one of the many characters in Jesus' family tree. Ordinary, like you and me. Ordinary. Aren't you glad? God deals with ordinary. Ordinary people like Joseph, loved by God, obedient to God's will. I say for all of us today, let's be like Joseph. Let's know God and listen to him and be part of his plan. On this Christmas day, we celebrate the fact that God put such a well-orchestrated plan together to save you and me from our sins. Today, every person can be saved, set free from the burden of sin, and welcomed into God's forever family. If you confess Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the hope that we have in you. We thank you for the word, the written word that we have, this tree, this family tree in terms of the human nature of people, ordinary people, and how you worked your plan all the way through the generations until the birth of Jesus and beyond to where we are today. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for this gift, and we praise you and thank you. Thank you, Jesus, with all of our hearts.